Today is an incredible day. We've got several things to accomplish today uh, uh, for what we're doing. We appreciate you being here. Uh, let me just tell you a few things. I want to talk a little bit about Pentecost. And uh, how many of you know, you know, today is Pentecost Sunday. How many of you understand why today is Pentecost Sunday? Pentecost Sunday is always celebrated seven Sundays after Easter. So today, and seven is the number of completion of God's covenant. In fact, you know, there's a, there's a term, sevenet. You know, when a Jewish bride and a Jewish groom say their vows to each other, they actually repeat their vows seven times to each other. We just had an incredible wedding yesterday of Wilson and Swander. If you were here, it was phenomenal. Um, just incredible. People were here. People's life were touched. I'm here to report. I had people come and tell me, uh, you know, after the service that they so loved the way God did things and, and with it. But it was just an incredible uh, time that God is doing. But see, we, today is Pentecost Sunday because we're celebrating the fact that we've been endued with power. Amen. Amen? Pentecost is not, listen, I, let me just tell you, we've got visitors here. I don't want to disturb you, upset you, not that it would, but I speak in tongues. In fact, when in doubt, I speak in tongues. When I don't have the answers, I speak in tongues. When I don't understand the Bible, I speak in tongues and read the Bible. Amen? I discovered something 37 years ago after I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, and it was just simply this. I've never mispronounced a word in tongues. <laughs> Listen, the love of speaking in tongues went to another level because I probably will mispronounce two or three words. In fact, I was thinking about using the word, help me, Dinah, what is the feet, what is today's Shabbat? What's the Jewish word for the, for the Shabbat? Yeah. That's what Pentecost is. All right, and so some of these words, because I wasn't taught phonics, I shy away from them because I, I was taught sight reading and I don't always sight them outright, amen? But I'm not ashamed of God, but it's more than speaking in tongues. When I got filled with the Holy Ghost and I spoke in tongues that night way back in 1983, I think it was, 80, 83, uh, I changed. The night that I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, Susan and I knelt beside our bed. We didn't know there'd be a Holy Ghost. We'd never, we'd never heard Jimmy Swaggart preach. We'd never, we'd never been in a Pentecostal service. There wasn't even a Pentecostal church in our town. And we knelt beside, we sent the kids to her mom's house. And I was due to leave on a truck somewhere around 10 or 11 o'clock to go to Las Vegas, Nevada with a load. And we knelt beside the bed. And I said some kind of prayer like this. I said, Lord, there's got to be more than what we got. And whatever it is that you've got that's more, we want it. And, you know, I didn't just start speaking in tongues. The first thing that happened is I fell out on the floor laughing in the Holy Ghost. She thought I was demented. <laughs> and after that, I got up and we prayed some more. Then all of a sudden heavenly language came to us 
And I like to say it this way. I got so filled with the Holy Ghost that night, I left on a truck with a guy that I went to high school with, didn't know he was raised Pentecostal. He was backslid. He was away from God. And the next morning, I called Susan from Oklahoma. And when she answered the phone, I went to talk to her, and I couldn't speak except in tongues. I tried to talk to her and I couldn't and you know I, I finally just hung up and and I just kept speaking in tongues and finally this co-driver I'm praying for him right now because I hear he's going through a hard struggle His name is Ronnie sister called me here a while back and I've been praying for him ever since I haven't been able to find out to make contact with him but here I want you to listen to me he finally came out of the sleeper of that truck and he said if you'll just quit speaking in tongues I'll give my heart back to Jesus. <laughs> and then he shared with me, he said, I was baptized in the Holy Ghost when I was 13 years old. We went to the Pentecostal church down at Moro. And, and Don's here today. He understands all these places that you don't. Anybody know where Moro is? Susan does. Amen. Within Lee County. It's somewhere near Mariana, south of Wheatley. The wide spot in the road we grew up around. In fact, when I went back to a funeral recently, I ran into two former heathen friends of mine. One of them was from Moro, and uh, couldn't believe it. He said, yeah, I'm still living in the metropolis of Moro. Let me tell you what about it. If you, you don't have to blink to miss it, amen? You can just drive through it and not even know you were there. <laughs> Pentecost is about being endued with power. I got filled with the Holy Spirit when that evidence of speaking in tongues began to come forth. When things began, I began to change. God did something in me. Today, we're on the seventh Sunday since Easter because we're here sealing what God has begun. It's about being endued. And I just want to look at the scriptures for a little bit and then we're going to move in. We got some commissioning to do today. We got some. Uh, commissioning that we we've got to do for people Kay Vernon is here and she's taking on a place of responsibility in the state of Tennessee we're going to commission her today and we're going to commission Matt and Natalie today for their trip but I want to talk with you for just a moment about the prepared place look at your neighbor and say you are, you are the prepared place Remember what it says in John 14? He said, for I go to prepare a place for you. The root word of that word is actually this, uh, tied in to the, to the root word of the word storehouse in the book of Malachi. He said that there be meat in the storehouse. I go to prepare a place for you. Listen, when he said that he go to prepare a place, that's not after the here and now. That's not when you die one day. The prepared place that he has for you is now because he's endued you with power for such a time as this. He's endued you to stand up and be a voice for him in a whole nother way. See, through worship and praise, did the presence of God become stronger because we worship him? He wanted to be here more or was he here before we got? And simply when we focused on worship and praise, we begin to realize that he's here with us. In John 1, 30, uh, 1 verse 32, it said, And John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained upon him. Come on, y'all. 
Let's quit turning it on when we get in the building we call the church and start living it out 24-7. If you'll consecrate yourself to, the, to becoming the dunamis of God, a dynamo, something that's consistently releasing the power of God, he'll meet with you. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 2-4, through four, it said, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God. That word knowledge is more than just information. When you go into that word knowledge, it's like a husband and wife know each other through intimacy. It's an intimate. You, In other words, when you become one with God, when you become one. Well, I'm born again, I'm one. No, there's a lot of people born again. They're not one with God. When I hear some of these politicians on TV that claim that they're sinful lifestyle, but they're, they're close to God. No, they're not one with God. When I became one with God, I could no longer drink and commit adultery and commit uh, other sins. When I became one with God, life changed. I had to surrender to his will, not my will. It's about being endued with power. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge or intimacy of God and of Jesus our Lord. Listen to this. As his, everybody say his. his. As his divine power has given to us all things. Anybody here needing a better job? Oh yeah, need a better job. Nobody need a better job. Boy, there's a black, oh wait a There's a couple of people. Thank you for your bravery. Back here in the back, I see you waving at me. Better job. Anybody here needing a better vehicle? Okay. All right. Let me just tell you, because he's close to him, I'm going to use this young man named Claiborne over here. Claiborne. I know where your better vehicle is. I know exactly where you can find it. I promise you it's there waiting on you. It's right inside here. Amen? God can direct you to a better job. God can, erect, can direct you to a better car. God can direct you into a wide place. God said today, I've walked with you through the narrow place, but I'm now turning you loose. You know, there was a period of time that every car that we got, God would speak to me. Back in the uh, late 80s, the Lord spoke to me, the next vehicle will be a Suburban, and and, and uh, with it, and, a, and, a, and he said it would be a diesel Suburban. And in the process of that, a man came to me and he said, I feel like the Lord wants me to give me, to give you a car. But you got to give me your word you're not going to trade this car for one of those diesel Suburbans because you know those diesels are no good. <laughs> and I politely said, well, then I'll have to refuse your car. You know that when the word cheerful, study this out sometime in the, in the Greek, the, you know it means hilariously foolish, but it also, if you care one more layer, it means with no strings attached. Amen? And he had strings attached, and I refused the car, but can I tell you what? I got the suburban. Amen? And it was a miracle. On the way to purchase it in Jackson, Tennessee, the car we had broke down. We had to call 
Philip Hardwick's grandparents and get them to come pick us up on the side of the road. And we hitched a ride. Anybody ever hitched a ride? We caught a ride with them to the car lot. Listen, when you walk into a car lot, that way it reduces your negotiating (laughs) ability. But we bought that Suburban and we put 380 some thousand miles on it. It was in, in one Sunday. Her on the keyboard in Dyersburg, Tennessee, I heard the Lord say, give it to this family. And it ran good, it looked good, it was in good shape. And I gave it to a family and they told us later, they had five sons, I think it was, they came to church that day and couldn't get everybody, had a cab of a pickup. And they covered their son, two of their sons within the back of the truck with plastic over them, but yet they came to church. See, most people stay home today. You were probably in that service, weren't you, Kay? Most people stay home today because they don't feel good or they didn't get enough sleep or, you know, their food didn't agree with them. I'm not, I, listen, I'm not picking on you, but the place to be when you're going through a narrow place is in the house of the Lord so he can open up a broad place. Day of Pentecost. As his divine power, his divine dunamis has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. All things. Brother, I just can't keep from, I just can't keep from saying, oh yeah, oh yeah, you can. You gotta surrender. You gotta ask for his help. You gotta take that endowment of his power. It, 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 in, in the book of Luke, it's called the promise of the Father. He said, I'm, 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 gonna, I'm not going to leave you, but I'm going to see that you receive the promise of the Father. Are you with me? He goes on to say, by which we have been given to us exceedingly. Everybody say exceedingly. Amen. Amen. I mean, any of you ever go to your parents when you were still living at home and you, you just really need, you know, $20 to go out to the cinema? You know, let me say it like, Go out to the picture show. How many, how many of you mature enough it was picture show in your day? Thank you, Dodie, one or two of you with that. It wasn't called the cinema in our days, but you needed money to be able to go. Are you hearing me? You're needing, with it, and you go to them and you ask, let's say $10, whatever it is you ask for, and instead of giving you a 10, they give you a 20. That's exceedingly. Amen? Say, God is a God of exceedingly. He's the God that wants to do exceeding, exceedingly for you, but you've got to move into that place that you are, are positioned and posture, so so which is given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. That through these you will be partaker of the divine nature. You know, I watch, I, I'm not talking about anybody in here, so everybody breathe. But I watch some some people that they go to church all the time and I don't see the divine nature in them. Are you hearing me? You know, you know, we've got to yield to him. We've got to surrender. But through these, you will be partakers of the divine nature. Listen, having escaped the corruption that ends this world through life. Can I tell you what? Don't buy into this. You've heard this old story. An Indian said one time, inside of me there's a white wolf. Inside of me there's a black wolf. And they, 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 
they battle, they, they fight with each other, and sometimes they fight and the black wolf wins and I do evil, and sometimes the white wolf wins and I do good. That's a lie. That comes out of dualism, comes out of a lot of watchman knees teaching, to be honest with you. That's not the way it is. Listen, everything that comes against us comes from the outside. It's called the pride of life. I heard the Lord say earlier, someone made a statement, and I heard the Lord say, there's somebody here today, you just need to put your pride on the altar. I also heard the Lord say this, your pride's so big that most tables it would break the legs, but the Lord said his altar's big enough to take your pride. Now, if that shoe fits, wear it. See, the first place of becoming delivered and healed and reconciled with God is admitting we got a problem. I just had someone, actually with a worship leader, come to me in a service I was somewhere in another state and came to me and said, I struggle with anger. I've damaged my, my wife. Can we get, get some help? Amen? Amen? And I said, yeah, we got a team. That, that can help you with that. And we're going to be setting it up. But having escaped the corruption that's in this world through love, pride of life, lust of the eyes. Amen? Yesterday, and I, I'm just setting some of the men up, but yesterday at the reception after the wedding, Wilson presented Swandra with a brand new Infinity Guard. Like, wow. <laughs> I mean, for just a moment, yeah. lust of the eyes tried to kick in. <laughs> I took her and thought, I performed this wedding. I made it special. <laughs> and she gets a car? What's going on? No, I really did. Lust of the eyes. We see things. It, we even see in people abilities and skills and talents and strength and we want to be we want to have what they got rather than getting close to Jesus and desire because what he has for you can come forth differently from what he has for me my journey is not your journey amen in my journey you can learn from my journey but your journey might be totally different when I stood before my cousin, David Wayne Thompson, recently, after his 38-year-old son, Chris Thompson, dropped dead of a heart attack, there was a part of me wanting to say, man, I know what you're going through, but I don't. I lost a son-in-law who I loved tremendously, but that's not like losing your only son, the son that that will carry on your name, the son that will carry on your, your heritage, the son that, with it, and, and I've not walked through that. And so I've learned over the years, we lie when we look to people and say, we know what you're going through. No, you don't. We really don't. Pride of life, lust of the eyes, how about lust of the flesh? I'm going to date myself again. Some of you know, but there was a comedian. He happened to be black years ago called Flip Wilson. Anybody remember Flip? Well, he was wrong. The devil didn't make him do it. Yeah. Amen. 
The devil didn't make him do it. You know, I, I don't I don't know uh, this man. What's your name, sir? What? Okay. I don't know him, but I can already tell you he's a man of his word. I can just tell that by but I, I got news for you. This man is one decision away from robbing a bank. Now he's not thought about it in the least. He's not thought about, he's not planning. I hope he hadn't. <laughs> but we're all one decision away from sinning. You know, when someone provokes you, some of this, you know, this, this road rage that we read about and the shooting, you know, the way they take lives in Memphis. There's no thought to it. It's a selfish demon has taken over them, you know, with it. I mean, we have friends in our life that <clears throat> one day the father promised his daughters and his wife he'd be at church and didn't show up. And when he came home, one of his daughters, I don't think she, she was the next to the younger one. She's very strong personality, and she just railed on her dad. I'm tired of you promising me and not fulfilling your promises. And he took a long chain, went into the backyard, and hung himself. Let me just say, that's the height of a selfish demon. He did that to inflict pain on them. But I've watched the grace of God heal them. I've watched the grace of God bring them through. In John 14 and verse 1 through 4, it said, Let your heart, let not your heart be troubled. Listen, you know, I even saw where Dutch has been, went on a couple weeks vacation, then went to Wales, Ireland, several places, and he wrote in one of his things, he'd been fasting the media. Listen, quit listening to some of that. I don't even care if it's Fox News, this still got a spin on it. Are you hearing me? I posted this the other day. If, if the left and the right and the president would quit talking at each other and start talking to each other, we'd get something accomplished. Used to be a sushi restaurant real near where the church is. And Susan and I like to go there for lunch. We like sushi. And one day we walked in and two young men were arguing over who was going to wait on my table. And let me just say, I was given 20% 20 years ago every time because I don't believe I have the right to speak into somebody's life if I put a track on the table is their tip. And so I've always, and I heard him arguing and one guy got my table but the other walked by and I said, I heard y'all arguing on who's gonna be the waiter to my table. I, <clears throat> I said, you just wanted that large tip I'm gonna give. And he said, well, you are the best tipper that comes in but that's not why I wanted your table. And I said, well, why'd you want my table? He said, because you talk to us and not at us. I would engage them. I'd talk about, what are you studying in school? I would begin to value things that they've got. And it gave me more entrance into their heart <coughs> so that the dunamis that was within me could impact them. Someone just tell me about a young man that's in the trauma center and, and uh, asked me to possibly go visit them. If I can, I'm going to. But he mentioned just a real tidbit to me. He said, he, he's, he's in trucking. Well, I got me a level platform. I'm going to go in there and talk about something. I've got a trucking background. I'm going to go in there and talk to him about, and can I tell you, the very fact that I know a little bit about trucking, I, I value there's going to open up his heart, and God will speak into him. 
You're making sense. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God? This is Jesus speaking here. Believe also in me. The promise of the Father. In my Father's house are many mansions. There are many uh, uh, storehouses. There are many, many places. You're a storehouse. You know that you should have people in your life that come to you as a storehouse to pray for them, to stand with them. Let me just tell you, the devil has two tools that he uses. He shapes them, he fashions them, he forms them, he modifies them, but these are the two tools. He, number one, he wants to get you isolated. Well, I'll just stay home. I'll just withdraw from the body of Christ. You know, I just, I, uh, you know, I, somebody gave me a prophetic word and it's not come to pass. Listen, I've known so many people in my life that's taken prophetic words and tried to make them happen. They didn't happen. And then they don't want to believe in the messenger. But the second thing and the main tool he does, he wants you to exchange the truth of God for a lie. He said to Eve, he got her isolated. She was not with Adam. And he said to her, will you surely die. That's what he wants to do. Does God heal today? Are there apostles today? Are you hearing me? Even when I said it well ago, but there's not different races in this room. I felt people's spirit tighten up because we've all been raised on that, haven't we? There is no truth in the world except the Bible. And the Bible makes no distinction of races. It speaks about ethnic. It speaks about nationhood. We get that from Noah's three sons. It speaks about a lot of that, but it does not speak of races. In my father's house or many mansions, if it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. Let me tell you why he prepared a place for you, so you would become a prepared place. I don't know about you, I'm not boastful, I'm just being candid and truthful with you. I'm a prepared place. I carry the word of the Lord. I care to those in high places. I care to those that are not in so high places. I carry the word. I have the word of the Lord in season and out. I know what God is saying. I'm improving. I, 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 I was talking with Dutch Sheets' apostle, Jim Hodges, who is not a young man any longer, but he's a very mature man. And I said this to him the other day. I assure you I'm no longer a novice at this. Now that doesn't make me an expert or a professional. I love saying this, if you are spiritual and you can see in the spirit realm, you, you can see I have a tattoo right across my forehead, a spiritual tattoo. And it says, under construction. He's all the time remodeling me. Amen? He's working on me. He, he's fashioning me. He's refashioning me. Is it making sense to you? Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in my Father's house or many men. If not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you so you can become 
a prepared place, verse 3, and if I go and prepare a place, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am you may also be. There is a, prepare, a place prepared for us, an age prepared, and that age is now. Come on, get this off a way off. Eternity does not begin when you die. It began when I got born again. And it went into super overdrive mode when I got filled with the Holy Ghost. It changes. How many years ago was it, Howard? Y'all remember? I don't remember. 93? 1993, this man came to a meeting in a bean field in the middle of Arkansas. I mean, you could set the whole church in this room just about. So many people started coming to the meeting. We had to set them in the choir loft behind us. And they sat and had two rooms. This was, I mean, an old country church. Had an office. Uh, I think the pastor was over one side. Maybe a classroom or another way I remember. But I'm but it, Huh? Okay. And this man came. He got born again. Amen. Got filled with the Holy Ghost. And we kind of lost contact, but... This, this year, God has reconnected us, and they drove from way over in Arkansas, a place you probably don't know where it is, Pocahontas, over in that area, Raven Den or something. Where do you over there? Pocahontas? Okay. Why? Because God did something in his life and in her life and with them. Now, let's talk about a prepared place. I'm talking about you as a, I'm not talking about a prepared place off in heaven. I, I, man, I grew up around Old Line Pentecost. They'd sing about, I'm not going to have a cabin in the corner. I'm going to have this mansion. No, I'm not, I, listen, I'm not going to be a cabin in the corner. I'm going to be a mansion. I'm going to be a storehouse. I'm going to be a place of resource. But number one, it, the prepare, you as a prepared place is a realm where the Spirit remains on you. Spirit doesn't tie it in ebb. I'm just as prophetic when I'm out on my motorcycle. That's the reason the vision here at this house is enjoying God at all times as you celebrate who you are by knowing who he is. That's right. That's right. You can enjoy God on the, on the golf course. You can enjoy God in a duck blind. You can enjoy God under a car changing oil in it. But you've but you got to get out of this religious mindset that he's only here in these four walls we've begun to call the church. Hadn't said this recently. Just, I just, I just, it's like taking a, a, a B12 shot. You need to quit coming to church and start being the church. But you don't need to forsake the assembling of somehow because we come together and assemble on Sunday and other times in order to stir up love and good works. I hope you're stirred today to do more good works. So if you are going to operate in a prepared place, you got to you got to realize the spirit's with you, on you, in you, and ready to flow through you at any moment. Strongest prophetic words you can speak to anybody are, "Jesus loves you." My dad was a heathen most of his life. Got born again at 63. Always had a saying. Some of you are religious. This might get you for a minute, but just pray through. You'll get over it. But he would say this many times to men. He said, much more of that. And I'm going to speak three kind words to you and slowly beat the hell out of you. 
Now remember, he was heathen. He was not a Christian. So after he was born again, Susan asked him one day, said, I never heard you speak those three kind words. What were they? And he stood there a minute. He said, well, being I'm born again, I guess it could be Jesus loved you. <laughs> I've seen a few people I want to speak Jesus loved to you, but I wanted to do the second half of that more. Number two, the prepare, as a prepared place, you become a rim filled with all things. As I said to Claiborne a while ago, as I've said to others here, that car you need or that promotion you need or that job you need, it's inside of you. It's already been put. You are a rim that has been filled with all things. And number three, you're a rim of knowing. You know that God can give you answers to questions that you don't have the answers to? My sister called me one day several years ago and she lost her diamond ring. She couldn't find it. She said, and, you know, and she was not at the place with God where she needed to be. And, and she said, God tells you things that I lost my diamond ring. I can't find it. I said, I want you to pray and God will tell you where it is. I said, no, you need to pray and ask God. And so she prayed and asked God, and she walked back into the kitchen, and she saw something sparkle on, on top of her cabinet. She had been up there dusting and cleaning and taken her ring off and laid it right on the corner. And an angel, I believe, called light to hit that diamond and hit the sparkle, and she knew where it was. Years ago, we had Charles Capps' daughter come and minister in our church in Missouri, and she told a story about a, a, a ring that was lost. And even so, the story how they were, their car stalled on them. They were sitting in the middle of a highway at night, foggy, right over a hill, worried that somebody's going to come down there, come over that hill and run in the back of them. And the first car that came stopped, pulled over, gave them help. And they asked them, said, how did you see it? And said, well, the whole back of that car was lit up. We couldn't miss it. The angels can be anything that God needs them to be at the moment, but we gotta, we got to position ourselves to where we can be in position to receive. Number four, uh, let me say that John 14, 4 said, And where I go, and the way, uh, and where I go, you know, and the way you know. See, this is beyond faith. If you can see it, it's not faith. If you, if you can see it in the natural, it's not faith. You've got to see it first in the spirit. You know, a reporter said to Walt Disney's wife when Disney World was finally finished in Orlando, and he said to his, his widow, said, you know, it's a shame that Walt Disney never saw this. And she corrected him. He said, no, you're wrong. said, he saw it years before we got to see it. You can see you can see what's coming and you stand on that and you know that amen you know what's coming by the by the spirit of the lord and you know that it will be there number four it's a realm of seeing john 5 and 19 said then jesus answered and said then most assuredly i say to you the son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the father do for whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. Most of everything I learned in my life from my dad, 
I learned not because he sat me down and taught me how to do it. He just modeled it before me. I remember probably at seven years old, he was going to do some welding. He went and got me a welding helmet. He said, now you put this on and you watch me. My son, Dean Nash, same thing with him. The other day, I was doing some welding and my grandson was there and I made him put a helmet on. I said, watch me. Watch how I stick this rod to the metal. Watch, watch this. You'll learn something with that. We do the things we see the Father do. Let me tell you, you've got to hang around the Father if you're going to see him do some things. Are you with me? Hebrews 11, verse 1. Now faith. Everybody say now faith. Now faith. Not yesterday's faith, not tomorrow's faith. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Years ago, you've heard me share, most many of you have, I was back in the 90s. I was preparing to go do a prophetic conference, and I loved the sun, and I was sitting out in the sun, and I was just soaking it up, and I was talking with God, and he said this to me. He said, he said, I, I've called you to be a third-day prophetic voice or a third-day prophet. And I said, Lord, that's great. What is one? How many of you know if you're going to be what God called you to be, you've got to understand what it is? And this is what he said to me. He said, first and second-day prophet speak about things that are coming, but third-day prophets speak about the things that are coming as though they are, and by their declaration it will be. See, some of y'all just need to start declaring. There's a situation right here, young man, what's your, what's your name? There's a the situation in your life, you just need to start speaking into it. God's already shown you how it's supposed to go, and it's been delayed. There's been some resistance to it, but God said as you rise up and begin to speak into it, you're, you're going to see the things that are restricting it, the things that are holding back. You're going to see them move out of the way, and you're going to move into that place of provision that God has for you. The Lord said, tell you, it's not just promotion time, it's elevation time. The Lord said, the authority that you carry is an influence, a righteous influence, and I'm going to give you an elevation as a promotion, and through that, your voice is going to be heard in a greater capacity. There, there's somebody in, I don't know what leadership or work or what, I'm not saying exactly, but they're not listening to your comments. God said, I'm going to get them to listen to your comments because your comments need to be heard. Let me finish this up. Day of Pentecost. The last thing in the scripture I've been wanting to get to all day. Let me tell you what Pentecost, let me, I'm going to read you one scripture and tell you what Pentecost is about. I'm going to read you one scripture and help you understand about what being endued with power is about. It's in John chapter 14, verse 12. Most assuredly, the old King James says, truly, truly. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to the Father. Let me just tell you what Pentecost is about. Greater works. Mm -hmm. 
There was a man named Sam Sasser. Some of you might have heard his name. Incredible worship intercessor. Was operated down the Fiji Islands. Walked the beaches of the Fiji Islands. Prayed so much that the coral that's on the, the beach got into his uh, feet and into his blood. And it really caused him some harm later on in life. But there was a lady in one of the islands, the Pacific Islands, that ran a Bible college and she died. And Sam Satzer had a friend that was a man of prayer as well, and so they asked him at this, this lady open casket at her funeral to pray. And this man, Sam's friend, just began to pray in the funeral. The prayer started out something like this. Father, it was so great with you this morning. I walked the sands and the waters of the Pacific Ocean came in around my ankles and I just love being in your presence and the things that you spoke to me. And, and, you know, and 35 minutes later, he's still talking with God. And people are getting nervous. You know, it's like, wow, how long is he going to go? This is a funeral. You know, it, you know funerals are kind of like the, the drive-through window at Wendy's, in and out. Can, can I get sidelined? Dr. Bill Lovett who I met through Don Stewart when we did his funeral in Birmingham, Alabama. It was five and a half hours long. I'm talking about the part in the church, not the cemetery. People, people who said they were his friend left midway because we had worship, we had holy laughter. You know the last thing we did at his funeral? We took up a missionary offering for Zaire. $31,000 came in in that offering and most of the people had left that's the kind of funeral I want <laughs> many years from now <laughs> that's when we celebrate that man's life and this guy just kept praying and people got uncomfortable and finally he just went over to the casket it was open leaned over into the face of the lady and just started laughing everybody thought he was deranged they thought what is this about i mean the, he's not honoring her just to laugh at she laying there dead and he walked away and prayed a little bit more and talked to god and he went back and grabbed her by the hair of the head and said come out and she stood up resurrected <laughs> when i'm 120 and y'all get to celebrate my life you have permission to do that <laughs> he said, I don't know if I believe that. That's your choice. I know Sam Sasser, or knew Sam Sasser. He told this, he actually told this story in a Ken Henry worship symposium in St. Louis years ago. He said, Can those things happen? I'm sure. Happen more than we even know. But see, that man, because he knew God, he knew about God, he didn't have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof, he knew God. And he just talked with God. And out of that, evidently, in his talking, he heard something. Because you don't do those things without a rhyme of work. He didn't just reach and grab in faith and go to jerk her out. He probably, when he was laughing, he was laughing because, you're going to do this, God? Okay, this is something to laugh about.
even greater works shall you do. I have a logo that I had James Nesbitt do for me called Special Forces and it had John 14, 12 on it. It's very dear to me. Because I'm just telling you, if you're under my leadership, you're special forces. Amen? You're, you're special off. You're Delta. You're Navy SEALs. You're Green Beret. I'm, I'm raising up a marching army. Amen? I don't want to raise up a bunch of pantyways that just want to come to church on Sunday and feel warm and fuzzy. I hope today that you lay hands on your waiter or waitress if you go out to eat. I hope you, I, I pray that every one of you get a word of knowledge. Listen, Susan and I have seen in restaurants, I pray for the waitresses who, you know, she'll just mention, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm sorry that I was slow getting your food out. I've been having uh, a dental problem. I've been having a uh, toothache all night. And I didn't hardly sleep. Can I pray for you? Oh, my God, the pain's gone. Hey, would you do me a favor? Would you just slip in the bathroom and look at that bath tube? She comes back out. Oh, my God. There's a gold filling where there was a cavity. I didn't do it. God did. It's not limited to these four walls. It's going to break out at your workplace if you'll just become a prepared place. Are you hearing me? Don and Susan and I have a friend. I'll tell you her first name. Marie's just lost her husband. But years ago, when she got filled, saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, everything, she worked in a factory in Arkansas that only women worked at. Now, ladies, we love you. But it was contentious that moment. They had one woman in there. She was the, the, she was, yeah, she was the alpha female. <laughs> and so Marie sized the situation up, prayed, heard from God, and she said, if I can win her, I can win the factory. She won her to the Lord. You remember the story? Won that woman to the Lord. The woman, after she got gloriously saved, said to Marie, said, what do I do now? Marie said, I'm going to start a Bible study in my home. You need to be there every Tuesday night, 7 o'clock. You know what the woman did? She walked down through every aisle in the factory and told every woman there, said, I just gave my heart to Jesus and you need to. Marie's holding a Bible study on Tuesday night, 7 o'clock, and you better be there. <laughs> Marie said she had to sit them out in her, in her car for it. So many people came. See, we, we want to get the easy ones. One of the things that disappointed me when love and power and truth or all of them came to me, but every testimony about it, I went down to where the homeless are. I went down under the bridge where the homeless, and I, you know, I prayed for someone. Got, I think it's great for the homeless to get healed, but I want to hear some report. I walked right into Union Planners, I don't even know if it's still, Regent Bank. I walked right into Regent's Bank. I told them I need to see the president of Regent's Bank. And I walked in there and I said to them, the Lord's seen you in your adultery with your secretary, but he's going to give you forgiveness if you'll cry out. I'll change your life today. That's when the will of God will be done. When we know that we not only can go to the down and out, but we can go to the up and out. Are you with me today? 
I want you to stand to your feet. I want you standing as I pray this prayer, and then we're going to transition here. But when I get through praying over you, I want you to look at someone, and I want you to make this, two or three someones, I want you to make this declaration. Because you are a prepared place, you are becoming greater work for the Lord. Listen, it's not hard to be the prepared place. Can I tell you what? Get your eyes off of doing and get your eyes off of being. Knowing God is about being. It's not about doing. Amen? You got to be before you can do. And you got to decide he's with you. Father, I pray that a mantle of endowment from on high come upon these people today. Let them never be the same again. Today. On the day of Pentecost, we thank you that we've been endued with power. You've given us. You've indwelled us with your spirit, and you've even overflowed your spirit out of us. So today, we choose, we choose to receive a deeper measure of the stirring of the Lord inside of us. Let rivers of Holy Spirit flow out of us, rivers of living water, rivers of that will cause us to become eyes that see, hands that reach out, and a mouth that is an oracle of God. Let us speak godly things. Father, we just release over your people a strong mantle. And we do so in Jesus' name. Now find two or three people and tell them, because you're the prepared place, you will do greater works. Do that very quickly. Amen.